Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Hey, welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... Brad. And we're going to change it up just a little bit today because we have a special guest. So sitting to the left of me, kind of in front of me, is... Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to Real Nerds. Now, you are here because you are part of a Tumblr account that is really cool. And why don't you tell everybody what Plastic Explosion is? Uh, basically, we... Uh buy toys as many <laughs> as we can and uh we throw up nice reviews for all the people out there who are toy enthusiasts every week we'll be bringing you the freshest uh previews reviews and toy news only at plastic explosion nice i checked it out and it was actually really cool you are really detailed in your description of toys is there a toy that you don't buy um that, see, the great thing about the site is uh, I'm not the only one who runs it. There's another guy who's there with me. His name is Paul. He couldn't be here today. And then another friend of ours, Duncan. And between all three of us, we pretty much have the market cornered on all the toys. Uh, I mostly buy Transformers, uh, Ninja Turtles, and uh, DC Universe figures. And Paul buys G.I. Joe and uh, Marvel Universe stuff. So he'll be putting all the Marvel U reviews up there. And I'm not really sure what Duncan buys, but, uh, you know couldn't hurt <laughs> yeah. does paul have the mary jane uh, marvel universe action figure that's almost impossible to find it came out like last year is that like the three and three quarter inch yeah. version? oh i'm sure he does i'm jealous i've he has everything i've been searching for that one forever not that i really want a mary jane action figure <laughs> it's just i collect spider-man figures and so I, it's like one of those ones that i want to get but they hardly made any of them i'm guessing because oh yeah you, sh you should have let me know i saw it many places i would have picked really? it up for you yeah wow i i am just always trolling for toys so. well if you ever see the mary jane <laughs> if I see three it, and yeah. three eights action figure pick that up um um like how uh how extensive are your reviews like how do you review a toy <laughs> well and, and actually some people have told me my reviews are a little too extensive so I <laughs> to scale them back but 
uh, I'd like to say a little bit about uh, the articulation on the toy, the detail that went into it, like the paint apps, uh, how good of a toy I think it is for collectors or for children to play with, you know, things like that. If, uh, price point versus uh, the quality, you know, things like that. Just generally what I think the toy is is worth if I feel like I paid too much for it, if I feel like people should run out and buy it right now, or if they should, you know, maybe kind of table it. Do you tip them off to, like, maybe this store is better oh, yeah. to get it at than another one? Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely will be doing, uh, at some point, we'd like to have a sightings forum where people can write in and, and, you know, for each toy say, oh, I saw this here and I saw this here and this is how many were left on the shelf. Until we can get that part going up, I will be putting that into, like, my reviews of... I found these here. This is how many were left. Or uh, I'm I'm noticing that it, it's trending that these stores are getting them. Like uh, the Ninja Turtle ones that I'm going to be reviewing later. I found those mostly at Toys R Us, but I haven't found them at Target or Walmart. Hmm. And you don't just write about them. You also take extensive photos yes, of the figures themselves. And not only photos of the toys, but you also do the boxes. It's I mean, it's a cool website. Yeah. I, uh, In different angles. Yeah. So you can see like everything. It's so cool that you're one of the only two websites I follow on my Tumblr account. <laughs> that um, is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're an exclusive group for me. Um, what is your prized figure in your collection? Ooh, my favorite, my favorite toy. Uh, yeah, your favorite. Uh, it, it changes a lot of times from month to month. Uh, uh, usually, it, it's kind of one of those uh, like whatever's the newest is is mm -hmm. my favorite. Uh, right now, it's probably got to be my. Um, <clears throat> TFC Hercules, which is a third-party Transformers company that did a really spectacular version of Devastator. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of you are Transformers fans or, or know what that is, but Devastator is essentially six robots that combine into one giant robot. Like Voltron. Kind of like Voltron. <laughs> yeah, th that'll be my next favorite toy when the, <laughs> the Maddie Collector Voltron's done. But yeah, it, it's like a... a almost like two foot tall devastator figure by oh, the nice. time it's done and it's so impressive but uh, i'm just like where am i gonna put this thing <laughs> this doesn't go anywhere <laughs> see to me uh every time i see you and i see pictures of you i associate you with superman and uh, I, I would yes. figure that your favorite toy in your collection would be a superman toy that is sculpted really well or is just badass that would, that was my guess it it is but the problem is that they keep coming out with new Superman toys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a couple years ago I had one that was, oh, this is my favorite Superman toy because it was so articulated and it was great. And then, you know, a couple years later they came out with another one. Uh, my new favorite Superman toy is uh, the DC Universe All-Stars figure of the new 52 DC mm -hmm. Superman just because I love that costume. I love the figure. Uh, the detail was great, and and that's a costume where nice. he's not wearing red trunks. Yeah, no more underpants. Yeah. So is that the only thing they changed on the costume? What else makes it different? Um, well, he lost his spit curl, which yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> he's yeah. like an emo haircut. Yeah, he's right got now. like this emo. He's kind of got like what Brad's got going on. Where <laughs> oh, he's wow. just got his hair down in his face. Well, I mean, he, uh, he compared you to Superman. That's a good comparison. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> quality. Don't be so offended. Well, he compared me to emo Superman. <laughs> well, it's not like... We'll start doing, doing the spit the, curl the and then maybe look. Oh, man, I'm so depressed. I can't be with Lois Lane. Uh, I've got all these powers. Uh, no, he, so he lost the spit curl. He has a collar now that comes really high up on his neck, whereas before it was kind of low cut around his so chest. So it basically made him sleeker. Yeah, yeah. He's also got... Uh, sleeves that kind of come down over his hands in a triangle hmm. shape and his belt is 
more dynamic looking. So I don't read Superman. Did they totally reinvent the character in the new 52 or is it just they started over so you don't have to have all the continuity that's associated with Superman? Uh, both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. They, uh, they, they reinvented the character. He, he's a little bit more relatable, not as, as overly powered as, as he was before and still kind of getting the hang of a lot of his powers and what he's doing. And he's not as, um, chummy with humanity as he hmm. was before like before he was you know there's just this giant media hog where he'd come down and be like oh superman saved the day let's get my picture over here <laughs> let me hold a baby <laughs> now he you know he kind of now he throws the baby all that yeah he throws the baby <laughs> he launches it into orbit did they scale back his powers like do you lose some uh he didn't lose any but he's definitely not as powerful as I would say they left him off before. In the old continuity, he was pretty akin to like a god. You know, like he was all, he was super invulnerable and even being around Kryptonite wasn't as crippling to him. It, you know, it was just kind of hurt him, but he could still work through the pain. And It's like a paper cut. For yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, that <laughs> um, Yeah, they, you know, they. it's hard to take a character that has so many powers as Superman and make him interesting. Yeah, I always said if you can write a good Superman story, you're a great writer. Because yeah. he, uh, I really actually liked All-Star Superman that Grant Morrison did um, because it just changed it a little bit because I'm not a big Superman fan at all because I really could never relate to him and I really could never really get into him. But I always said if you're a great comic book writer, then you could write a Superman story that's interesting and that people could enjoy because I think it's difficult. It is. Uh, Superman is not a character that is as likable as, say, Spider-Man. So everyone can kind of relate to Spider-Man mm -hmm. because, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm kind of a nerd inside. And, and Spider-Man has powers, but they're not so overwhelming mm -hmm. that, you know, he can't still get into trouble. Whereas with Superman, it's like, unless you have kryptonite, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to piss him off? <laughs> he didn't even start out flying like he... Early on, he could just jump high. That's true. That's why they have the term leaps tall buildings in a, a single, single bound. Yeah. That's I correct. I don't know where they got the flying from. Uh, they just decided it would be cooler <laughs> if you could. <laughs> and it is. So what's the what's the Tumblr website where people can find you? Um, it is www. I'm sure that probably goes without saying. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, PlasticExplosion, all one word, dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R.com. Awesome. So we're going to segue into, what's your favorite movie, Jesse? My favorite movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't have a favorite movie? I don't, yeah. That also, like my toy, it, it probably Well, what's your favorite movie right now, then? Mm. See, a movie that I enjoy watching commonly. I like Scott Pilgrim vs. the Universe. That's Excellent. a good choice. I never get tired of watching that movie. Oh, no, that movie is awesome. So, hey, I love that choice. So... Jesse's going to sit in for a little bit. Feel free to chime in on our show. But thanks for stopping by and telling us about Plastic Explosion. You should check it out because it's a cool website. I uh, really only collect like horror and Disney and Spider-Man stuff. But, you know, it's always cool. to. See. I love action figures. I really do. Um, if I had didn't have a wife, I could probably get a lot more. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sure and throw some uh, NECA, maybe some Ash reviews up there. For nice. You. I love it. Army of Darkness. I love it because, yeah, they just released a bunch of Evil Dead 2 ones. Yeah. That are all right. Do you think the... Uh... I guess the Man of Steel figures are going to be awesome, or um, see. When I was at Comic Con, I was trying to get into all of the different toy uh, panels because I really wanted them Mattel to talk about like the Man of Steel 
movie masters, kind of like they had for The Dark Knight Rises, and they didn't. Hmm. I'm sure they're still going to come out, but uh, you know, there, there's nothing to go off of. I'm hoping they're cool. Like with it, you know, with any action figure, you always hope it's going to be cool, especially for the money that you're paying. But we'll just have to see. Oh, I bet they will. It's probably one of those things. I mean, like with even with the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, you never really saw the toys because they're really keeping it under wraps until I don't know a couple weeks before, and then they start leaking the toys. I know they did that with the Spider-Man toys a lot. Do you yeah. think they'll take the Zod or take uh, the uh... spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clear he's in the movie from no. If you're on the internet, the trailer um, doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> um, do you think they'll take like the? Uh the same body sculpt that they use for all the Dark Knight Rises like non-Batman figures and use them as like Zod with like a long coat or something. <laughs> no, I'm sure what they'll do is once they make the Superman buck, they'll probably just reproduce that for all the figures that they're going to have. Like they'll have Jor-El and it'll be the Superman buck but with, you know, somebody else's head and yeah. they'll have Zod and it'll be someone else's Jor-El's face. ripped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For an old man, he's really got it going on. Um, yeah, they'll. I'm sure they'll do something great. I don't. I don't imagine they'd let us down. I mean, the, the Dark Knight movie masters was great, and especially the fact that they added in that uh, the bat signal, that yeah. working bat <laughs> signal. If you collect that, works really well. <laughs> oh <laughs> <That's> yeah, awesome. <laughs> right across a room, well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they added a bat signal. Yeah. I'm gonna put that outside my house. Yeah. See if anybody comes. <laughs> <laughs> you rang. <laughs> That'd be bad. Lakewood's protected. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> the Dark Knight. <laughs> Is protecting Lakewood, Colorado, <laughs> just where he's needed the most. <laughs> Let's follow it back to the Batcave. <laughs> Take him down. <laughs> cool, awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. Guys. So uh, let's dig into the real nerds mailbag, or we can tell everyone Fuck what movie, movie we saw this week. <laughs> we, saw, we saw. I saw two movies. I saw Paranorman, and we all, me and Brad, saw The Expendables too. So yeah. So yeah. Stay tuned for the review of my review of Paranorman. <laughs> Uh, Jesse, did you see Paranorman? I did not. Oh, bummer. So stay tuned for my review of Paranorman <laughs> and me and Brad's review of The Expendables too. So uh, is it okay if I get in the mailbag now? Please. Cool. Feed me! I added sound effects. I could just do that. You don't have to. Well, um, the last couple of weeks you haven't added goofy sound effects, so. There's no reason to. You should. It's funny. Especially when they're unexpected. I'll throw some. I'll bleep some words that aren't swear words. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so we got a lot of uh, a few tweets this week. We did one from Brad. Hey Brad, what's your Twitter handle? I don't even know what your personal Twitter handle is. Is it Nebulous Visions? No, it's at Sferks. At Sferks sent us a message that said, "Hey Ryan and James, I am finally holding Father's Day in my hands. Get ready, cause here you're watching it." That's not how I said it at all. Well, you put cuz and you put C U U U Cuz you're watching it. Okay, cool. How about you read you, you read it and you say how you <laughs> wanted it to sound. This is how it sounds in my head. Name Ryan and James. I mean <laughs> Here, you, you read it, you tell me how it's supposed That's to sound. That's not the voice you gave me like two weeks ago when I wasn't here. <laughs> um Hey Ryan and James, I'm finally holding Father's Day in my hands. Get ready, cause you're watching it. There we go. We needed the we needed the way you said it because sometimes it's lost in, you know, text messaging and tweets. Now, I listen to your guys' show pretty often, and I hear a lot of talk about the Father's Day and the build-up to it, <laughs> you know, to the point where I'm kind of getting excited. What is it about? Like, Here, what is read the back. Uh, yeah, read the back. Read it out loud. That <laughs> smacks of effort. <laughs> <laughs> 
like read it out loud. Oh, you really <laughs> want to read it? Okay. Yeah, let the listeners know because I I didn't read In it before. In a world where fathers know. Uh, <laughs> father's Day follows the classic story we all grew up with. Boy watches father raped and murdered. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Uh, boy grows into a vengeful one-eyed man. Man teams up with a priest and a male prostitute to take down his father's killer. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. We can edit this out for the children. <laughs> Ahab, the, that's awesome. He's a revenge-crazed, deranged, psychopath hero. Mm. Fresh out of prison for slaughtering the ruthless monster who raped and murdered his father. Who's named <laughs> that, Chris Fuckman, by the way. They don't put that on the back. <laughs> that's funny that they say he's a hero and he's deranged and psychotic in the same sentence. I know, right? Like, <laughs> deranged, psychopath, murderer, hero. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, is that an anti-hero? Where does that fit into the It's archetype? redeeming. <laughs> he's like the Punisher. for. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but uh, let's see where I leave. It. Oh, but fathers are still being violated in the behind, <laughs> dismembered with hacksaws and set on fire. A teen hustler and young and hot young priest <laughs> search out the reclusive Ahab, determined to finish the job he started years ago and send this degenerate demon back to hell. Literally. Does yeah. that just get you excited? <laughs> that does. Um, we it also looks like a trauma film, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We got a reply to your tweet from Ryan, at Cali213Ryan, says, awesome, my friend. So he, obviously he agrees with you about the movie. Yep. Um, we'll see. I'll be the definitive <laughs> uh, voice of reason on that movie, because I don't even think we can get James to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <Okay>. see. <laughs> your wife seemed interested in watching it. Yeah, so we'll see if my wife wants to watch it, too. My, my wife does like goofy movies like that, though. Um, Megan Sullivan, who is Alex's sister, started following us on Twitter and tweeted us. And her Twitter handle is at one music dork. So awesome. She said, hey, real nerds, nerds and dorks go hand in hand, right? Of course they do. It's just one, you know, you're a music dork. We're movie, we're movie dorks. You can throw we, geeks in there, too. Yeah, we could we could do real dorks, but we decided real nerds. I don't it know flowed why. better. It felt better. It came, it came off the tongue better. But yes, they do go hand in hand. Sometimes dork refers to a penis. So <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. Like, I don't want to dork the mood. is all it's not a family show, Jesse. You can say whatever. Well, I just didn't, you know. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Megan. We appreciate it. Um, I just want to point out, too, that Megan said her dad is listening to the show as well, and he wants to be a guest on our show. So Tom Sullivan, come on down to the Real Nerds recording studio, my house, anytime you want, and you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thanks. And she also said in a, a message she sent me that now we have our second and third biggest fans. Aww. So that's, that's awesome. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. So we're looking forward to meeting you and, uh, your father at some point, I guess now is a good time to point out that yeah. they're doing an, uh, fundraiser for all the victims of the Aurora shooting called Aurora Rising. It is at All Seas Comic Books in Aurora, Colorado. It's also at the... Uh, Hilton across the street, I believe, if I'm remembering it correctly. And they're having a silent auction and a bunch of signings with comic book artists where you can go and pick up like an awesome Batman sketch and things like that. And that is next weekend. And that is is August 25th and the 26th. Yeah. So uh, look for the real nerds. We'll probably be there. Yep. So thank you, everybody. Uh, William um, Deeker sent us one, too, and it's at W. Deeker. He said, been busy, but about to listen to your show for the first time. Awesome. Love it. Better late than never. Yeah, we have, uh, anytime people listen to my show, I love it. Uh, just start That's with right. the recent there's, ones. There's not... never a bad time to start listening to real nerds. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there is. Don't listen Look to the first episode. His teeth like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen I to the first episode. <laughs> he tweets me all. The, he uh, emails me, or he messages me all of his all of his criticisms and doesn't put them on 
you email don't? or tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I it's not my show, so the I don't want to come off. Uh, you should. You should. That uh, is that is the biggest complaint is it's too long. They should. There's uh, a really legitimate one about the fact that people who go to the website and try to like listen to the show, if you if something happens to the stream. You have to start over from the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, that's of the way the players set up. That's actually happened to quite a few. Like I've I've tried to get several people I work with interested in it, and we're not allowed to like download the show, but we mm-hmm. can stream it. And yeah, for like we have network issues, and mm-hmm. so sometimes people will be like halfway through the show, and then it like stops, and then they have to reload the page and start over. And then oh, they're that like, sucks. oh, I'm not listening to it again. This sounds like <laughs> this sounds like a, a job for our tech guy. Or I you know. can just download it on iTunes, and you always have it. Yeah, not everyone get a- can get access to iTunes, but. We'll figure out something. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. He does. I use uh, Google Reader for all of the Android market people out there. Yeah. It's a great program, and you can use that to Is download the Is that through a browser show. or just through your phone? It's both. It okay. has a browser through Google, and you can download it on your phone, and you can you can scrub through uh, Google Reader. So Cool. Yeah, I just got that, too. I just I am using an Android phone now. So, <laughs> uh and because there's two of us with Android phones now, we might just get the app going. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Yeah. So Terrible. thank you, everybody, who has tweeted us this week. Um, remember, you can tweet us at real underscore nerds, and we will read it on the air. Jesse, we will read your negative comments. <laughs> it won't hurt our feelings. <laughs> um, and so now we're going into the emails. Um, the first one is kind of interesting. Um, it's from Dan from Ohio. Now, this is important. Dan from Ohio. Clarification. I want to clarify an issue that came up on your last podcast. While reading my email, you mistakenly attribute it to Dan the, that you met and interviewed at the re- recent Comic-Con convention, and I am not him. I know that you have been attempting to do some follow-ups with your interviews, and I don't want to mislead you or misrepresent myself as one of them. Regards, Dan from Ohio, with two ends. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I just um, didn't think anybody who we haven't met would listen to my show, so uh, thank yeah, you. that's cool. We have a fan in Ohio. So we're, we're reaching. We are far-reaching. So and, I really appreciate that. Thanks, and, Dan. Yeah, Dan's uh, emails that he's contributed so far are very well written and articulate and yep. very impressive. So now so. we feel uh, sheepish because we uh, messed that up. And now we'll always make sure we give you the proper yep. credit for being awesome. So that, yeah, these emails are not the guy who was in the interview a few weeks ago. Yes, totally is, separate people. This is Dan, two ends from Ohio. So you will now get proper credit now that I know who you are. Um, and then another email says, hey, guys, let's loving the podcast. I started listening after I met you all at Denver Comic-Con. See, if you've changed it up and said it's one you didn't like, then, I mean, now it just sounds like we're stroking our egos all the time because <laughs> people just sent us good stuff. Uh, s- since then, I've been listening to the current episodes and catching up on past episodes. Listening to the podcast is the best way to get from Durango to Denver. So all this in mind, I've been listening to some podcasts from last year and have random comments and curious about your thoughts. From all over the place. So I'm guessing these are in no particular order. Man, podcasts from last year? Those suck. (laughs) No, the Captain America one. That one's good. Um, The Captain America episode. You all were discussing what a good story for a Superman movie would be. One of my favorites is All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison. should also check out his nonfiction book Super Gods and his series The Invisibles, if you haven't. Which plays into Superman not necessarily being immortal and actually having semi-serious secrets that he keeps from people. What do you think about that, Superman expert? Well, they made the cartoon movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, they, they took uh, is it, is Grant Morrison. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's real faithful to the story. Um, it, it, if you enjoyed All-Star Superman, you would also enjoy the oh, cartoon. Cool. It's, they, you know, like any of those cartoons, they had to cut some of the pieces of the book out, which I understand, but there were... 
yeah, like, I don't know how much I can spoil things, but <laughs> um, we've made we spoil a spoiler everything. show. Okay, yeah. one one of the my favorite parts in the comic book is the the story where, um, the the four supermen that are like displaced out of time or from mm-hmm. other dimensions show up and they're they're fighting that that whirlwind and one of them is like all wrapped in yeah. bandages like a mummy and he tells the one superman he, he's like you know like don't worry we'll take care of this and we'll have it done. And the whole time that they're fighting him, Superman just keeps, like, wanting to get involved and wanting to get involved. And they keep having to, like, push him down. And then when he finally does get involved, you see that during, like, the 10 seconds that he gets involved, um, Jonathan Kent dies of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the story, you find out that the Superman that was wrapped in, in you know, bandages is himself from the future and he knew about that moment hmm. and so he just wanted to go back in time and give his past self just those 10 more seconds with his father alive and to me that was really really touching because yeah. it's like god you know like we'd all love to have just a little bit more time with like our loved ones and they took that completely out of the movie and i understand oh, why it was it was just kind of like a sidetrack thing but you know, I would have really liked moment. to see that in you know in cartoon form. So yeah, the movie's good; it's worth checking out. But it's not as faithful to the book as I think some people might have liked. Awesome! So yeah, check out the DC Direct Animation Studio. They make great movies. I love them. I wish Marvel could make movies like that. They have so many stories too. They could do it. They could do it. They have Disney behind them now. It'd be so easy. Well, Marvel was putting out those movies and then they just stopped. Yeah, they weren't that good though. They uh, weren't as good. Planet Hulk was good. It was all right. Uh, I liked actually the Ultimates was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, that one was good. Um, but I'm waiting for like, why don't they do Craven's Last Hunt or something? That'd be amazing. Mm. Um, next, she says five year engagement episode, one of my favorite. What I see as a non traditional uh, romance comedies is Five Hundred Days is like Five Hundred Days of Summer. Your thoughts? Brad loves Five Hundred Days of Summer, and I do too. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, gosh, <laughs> haven't watched either of those in a while. Um, I, I don't think they're the same no uh, but I, I think she's saying that they're both non-traditional as far as romantic comedies oh yeah go. for sure actually yeah like <laughs> romantic comedy is like my least favorite genre of movie <laughs> me too and uh i liked uh five-year engagement and obviously 500 days of summer like said you know it's not just like some woman who can't get a date but she's still super hot and uh <laughs> you know eventually does find some like <laughs> amazing guy through some quirky circumstance and i i, I don't want to <laughs> the best explanation is Patton oswalt's bit yeah but i don't want to <laughs> <Meh. laughs> and meh yeah uh yeah but yeah i agree i wrote romantic comedies are my least favorite too so when they do something creative with them i love them like crazy stupid love um shakespeare in love stuff like that i like because it's a little different i don't like the serendipities of the world <laughs> um and she says, Prometheus episode, one of the best things about this movie that you discussed was that it leaves you with questions and is difficult not to think about it. What do you think of, of the movie, the similar universe prequel, non-prequel to Blade Runner? Did you ever had, did you ever have the thought that Charlie Theron's character is an android like David? Perhaps that one came before. At one point, David calls her mother, but she calls Wayland father. Just can't stop thinking about it. Uh, it's possible. It's, and it's possible. It's, it's kind of a cool idea that maybe, like, yeah, there was like a Blade Runner universe where you know, Decker's on Earth doing, you know, replicant issues mm-hmm. and off in the galaxy somewhere there could be a woman flying around with an android head. Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting if uh, they were in the same universe. I mean, it, it makes sense, um, but 
Then maybe in the. But I think I'm pretty sure isn't Charlie Theron's character sleeping at the beginning of the movie? I don't remember. But I guess she she even if she was, order, like Bishop was still in the cryo sleep in the in Alien. That's true, and she was in a private quarter, so you never really saw her until she was introduced. So interesting. I, I have to see Prometheus again. Yeah, and they never show her showed her squashed at the end. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see that blood stain. Well, she would have been like a she was a, a, Be that a white, creamy, creamy white mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of comic series I don't think you've touched on, but if you have this, can be redundant. Are the boys by Garth Ennis? Uh, which are <laughs> Garth? I mean Garth Ennis. <laughs> Isn't it Ennis? <laughs> I mean Garth Ennis. Sorry. <laughs> um, which place superheroes being assholes and them needing to be kept in check? And Umbrella Academy by Jared Way, which is a superhero series Jared too. Um, yeah, Umbrella Academy is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just throwing my little bit on that. The what? I've only read the one Umbrella Academy part, the first one. That's not the Dallas one. Yeah. And then oh, you've read both. They're, yeah, they're both phenomenal. Way. Way. Yeah, from my my Chemical Romance. Uh, thanks for the entertainment and great comic recommendations. Cora Uni. I remember you from the Comic-Con because you said you were going to listen to our podcast whilst driving to Durango. Which is I, a five-hour drive? Yeah, which I always think is interesting when people say they listen to my podcast. I don't believe them at the same time, you know? <laughs> so thanks to everybody who sent us in something this week. Thank you for listening. Um, that's it for the mailbag this week. So now it's time for some box office numbers. This is the box office stats. The Born Legacy was number one with $38 million. Um, thanks, Box Office Mojo, for supplying us with that box office <laughs> That's stat. all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end it abruptly like the movie. Just going to end it. That, that's appropriate. With, with nothing to say. Hey, DVD and Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Actually kind of a big week uh, release-wise. On Blu-rays, The Dictator, which I don't want to see. You saw that, right, Brad? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's but... probably better watched on DVD. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it... There's a bunch of editions coming out. Uh, like yeah, an exclusive band unrated, a band unrated, a regular theatrical one. So, so I'm sure if you get the you Blu-ray, it'll all be on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Now I don't know for sure that they came out this week, but I noticed them this week at uh, Walmart and Toys R Us. Uh, Marvel released two more of their Marvel anime series, the Wolverine and the Blade series. So if you're Very fans nice. of Marvel and of anime, those might be worth checking out. Nice. Those oh, are yeah, on the, Spike, the, I think. Uh, yeah, right? they were on yeah. Spike. Yeah. I think you can check them out on Crackle as well. Uh, I've, I've been watching the Wolverine one on Crackle. Is it good? Uh, it <laughs> isn't, it isn't. It's, no, he watches it because it's terrible. <laughs> well, I actually, I, I just put it on Some people do while yeah. I'm working out, so I'm not really paying a <laughs> lot of attention James watched Two Broke it. Girls for a whole season because it was terrible. <laughs> it's, it's very, like cliche anime series you know where like the episodes follow like a very kind of a bunch of people yelling (laughs) yeah and wolverine has a mullet Hmm. 80s style yeah so it's it's okay it's not as good as the x-men one was but it's better than the iron man one the other anime one yeah yeah like what are they like what stories have they dealt with totally original stuff or they have adapted anything no no it's it's all original stuff Hmm. yeah interesting also, Bernie, which is the Jack Black movie. I actually wanted to see it. It's actually still in theaters. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Uh, so I'll have to right check that one least. out. The he, rescue... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I'm not even clear on the plot, but I guess uh, he works at a funeral home. Yeah. He tries to, like, scam some people mm-hmm. out of their inheritance, I, guess it's, I think. It's based on a true story. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's terrifying. <laughs> 
the Rescuers 1 and 2 combo, which I'm definitely going to get. Yeah. Uh, on Blu-ray, because... Finally cl- complete my Disney collection. Um, the Aristocats on Blu-ray. Pocahontas 1 and 2 on Blu-ray I will not be buying. Uh, Pocahontas, I think, is my least favorite Disney movie. I could never get into it. I've never seen it. I didn't even know there was a second one. <laughs> <laughs> it was straight to video. Yeah, uh, Disney oh. did a, does a lot of straight to DVD releases, uh, especially in the late 90s when the DVD market was, was not as big. Oh, yeah. And they didn't want to re-release the movies. They just took characters people knew and helped grow them. I think Disney are incredible marketers. And uh, even their straight to DVD stuff, they know how to market well. I mean, the Tinkerbell um, d- blue DVDs that came out, Sold so well that now they have a theatrical version of some Tinkerbell movie coming out. Yep. Um, also, House Season 8, which is the final season, which I never watched the show. <laughs> Whatever. I, I I always think uh, there's, I don't know if it's in Family Guy or something, but there's a joke where it's, he says, this week on House, House tries to solve a blah, 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 blah. And also try to get out of the biggest trap of his life. <laughs> and that's like how all the previews for House are. And that's what reminds me. They start off like something super serious. And then it cuts to uh, Hugh Laurie's character saying, get out of here. Or something stupid. Yeah, there's always the, I want you to do this. We can't do that. It'll kill him. Oh, just trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Power Rangers Season 1 is also Ooh. coming out. War Games, which is a classic. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting is on its 15th anniversary. Can you believe that? Is it 15? Yeah. It? Wow. Mallrats. So we got back-to-back Affleck movies. <laughs> well, you just informed me that Mallrats is not... It's an import, but yeah. uh, you can still buy it. You could buy it. <laughs> $34 on Blu-ray. Woo, that's steep. <laughs> it is. Joysticks, which Brad was describing to yeah, me. Yeah, I put the last two on here just because like, I was looking through the list and this cracked me up. Because you always wanted to open that video game store called Joysticks with the hot chicks <laughs> yeah. uh, behind the counter. and Like uh, a Hooters with video games. Yeah, yeah no, I like that. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the cover art for this is like, it's some I think it's some 80s or late 70s movie with Jodon Baker. Um, and it's like got the coin op and then like these two hot, you know, it's like uh, like meatballs style cover art, you know? Yeah. Uh, from those cheesy 80s comedies. And then like he's inside the actual coin op and like the two hot chicks are on the <laughs> other side of it yeah it's hilarious like, and then how is he gonna get out of this one, one. <laughs> um does he even play video games yeah. and then the other one uh the cover is not as cool but it's just called zombie a-hole <laughs> <laughs> so, so this zombie's an asshole look for that other zombies are just <laughs> benevolent uh thanks digital bits of course for supplying us with all the release information it's real news Man, this is going to be a weird episode without James doing real news. I know. we got to scramble together some news because <laughs> we're not the ones who usually take the reins on this Yeah, one. I usually just find like one thing I latch on to, then James always has... Yeah, he has like six or seven yeah, points. And, he's, and it's usually something about, um, I don't know, what does he always bitch about? Um, someone in David Hollywood Mamet. is David Mamet. Yeah. Dave, David Mamet did something. David Mamet. Is he still or alive? Newsroom. 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 <laughs> Watch Newsroom. Yeah. <laughs> He talks a lot about how much he hates uh, community now that that one guy left. Dan Harmon? Dan Harmon. Yeah. Does he hate it? He hasn't even watched it yet. How can you make a fair judgment? <laughs> <laughs> he's been yeah, not pleased. I mean, yeah, our expectations are low, but yeah, we'll see. I'll give it a chance. Um, Joe Kubert died this week. Um, a really famous comic book artist. You have here uh, known for drawing Sergeant Rock, Hawkman, Enemy Ace, and Tarzan, which I actually think, uh, I mean, he's a great artist, but he also... Uh, 
opened the Joe Kubert School of Cartooning, which really helped um, people get into comic book drawings and, and comic book careers. And I remember one of my favorite articles ever in Wizard magazine was a guy who worked at Wizard and he wanted to be part of the comic book industry. So he joined Joe Kubert's. It's a, it's a correspondence class. So he uh, he did all this work and they they would send back critiques on it. And um, it's a really cool little um, school. And that's sad that he passed away. Eighty five. Eighty five. So pretty good life. Good life. And, you know, he has he has his sons are comic book artists as well. So yep. he must have taught him very well. Um, J.J. Abrams thinks movie budgets are way too high. I read that article, too. Um, you think? <laughs> yeah, coming from a guy who, you know, did the Star Trek reboot, just saying. But, you know, what's interesting <laughs> about him, though, is Super 8 costs $50 million. I know. So you can make movies uh, cheap. <laughs> and it's not really cheap, but, um, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, you don't need a super inflated budget. Like, like Dark Knight Rises costs $250 million. I think Spider-Man costs two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the better movies are only cost, like, like, well, those movies are good, but like, <laughs> if you look at the box office mojo list, like budget to like how much it's gross, it's just like a lot of the movies that do really well, it only cost like fifty or sixty million dollars to make. Well, so. you know, something like Ted was twenty million. Yeah. You know, it's over two hundred million dollars in box office now. Yeah, so you can do it. It's just and a lot of the ones that are like three hundred to like three hundred million. I don't think his name was ends up four hundred million yet, but. The, uh, the Hobbit, I think, is five hundred million dollars. Yeah, the, the Hobbit is insane. The amount, of but money you're getting three money. movies, and they're going to totally make it back. They're, I know Avatar. Have they released their? I no, I think for a while they're, they're keeping it under wraps because of how long it took them to develop the technology for it. Yeah. And I heard luckily, it they got dollars. a huge return on it, so that worked out. But that's so risky. Oh yeah, and the saddest news for me this week is I don't know if you read this. Robert Downey Jr. injured his ankle on the Iron Man 3 set. They had a shutdown production for two weeks because it was that serious. Is it going to change the release date? No. Okay. So so (laughs) the release date is still still okay. Are you going to send him flowers? I should. Um, Send him a nice card. I love Robert Downey Jr. Um, In fact, I didn't. I'll I'll talk about it when we get to what we've been watching Um, because I don't want to (laughs) spoil this this little nugget that I watched and embarrassed that I did. Um, Prometheus DVD will get 15 minutes of bonus footage from the ending. Which James should be here, but <laughs> yeah, James, we can't talk about it. But if he was here, he'd be jumping up and down right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because James really liked the ending because he, you know, kind of left it open. But we'll see what they, as far as what they do with, I don't know. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> is being released in IMAX on September seventh, and I put that link on James's page on his Facebook because James is in Wyoming. We have tickets already. Yeah, right? James bought us tickets <laughs> the second he found out. Wow. So. September seventh, we'll Which, be there. As good a movie as it is, like it wasn't shot in IMAX, so they're just they're just blowing up the original movie. I think it's just a chance to see it in H. I mean, on the big screen, and hopefully they, they'll well, use the. We've seen Blu-ray. it on the big screen, like at midnights and stuff. So it's like not. Yeah, but I'm hoping they'll use a Blu-ray transfer or something, and it'll look really good. And we'll yeah. see. I, uh, I, I'm spending like seventeen bucks to see it. I just I it's can't one of the get excited movies about of it. All time. It is, but it's like I've seen see, it on the big screen for like eight bucks plenty of times and it's, <laughs> awesome. right. it's still awesome are they coming out with all of the indie movies uh, just that one so far because when does the blu-ray come out the 18th oh september yeah. i think so yeah. i think it's the september 18th i think that's why i'm sure it has maybe we'll get something sweet there you know buying a ticket actually uh i did uh amc because i had the stubs reward card last year they sent me an email saying that if you go to the amc theaters you do get a sweet exclusive poster and i think uh, a lanyard badge thing oh cool uh when i was at uh when I saw Paranorman, they have the poster already in their IMAX 
marquee at our movie theater we go to. So it's pretty cool. A new one. It's not uh, the original. Uh, Warner Brothers premiere shut down, which is their direct-to-DVD department. department. But they said it doesn't affect DC animation, so who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no more Lost Boy sequels. <laughs> um, James Gunn was has being tapped to direct Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we'll see. It gets me excited to see Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, because someone who's not familiar with Marvel, like I don't care about. Uh, Guardians James of the Galaxy. said he would be happy if James Gunn never made another movie. <laughs> um, but I think Super is really good. Yeah, that's why. I'm like, so that's the guy who has a really warped vision, and w- with a property that has like a raccoon in it. Yeah, like, with a gun. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Rocket raccoon. I'm sure you can do something crazy with it that'll make me want to see that movie. Heck yeah! So uh, that's the news. See, we whipped through that without James here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. <laughs> Poor James. Um, now, next is Comic Book Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Brad didn't bring anything, so it's my week again. It's always your week, or James's. I know. Unless it's like I, Batman I, related. I, then. Keep on, I keep on waiting for you to bring something interesting, but you never do. I don't, because I only Except read the eraser, Turtle Comics and Batman Comics. The Eraser guy, who is the, the goofiest looking villain I've ever seen. Yeah. I've been reading Earth 2. It's pretty good. Hey, is it? Yeah, there you go. Well, he's the guest. Yeah, you, you, you're a guest. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you pick a comic that everybody should pick up and read? Recommend uh, something. All right. Uh, what I've mostly been reading lately is the the new DC Earth 2, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's the story of uh, the Justice Society. So it, it's got the like the Flash that has like the tin helmet. Oh, cool. And it has the, the Green Lantern, which is like the older Green Lantern, Alan Scott. So it's like the Golden Age, Silver Age yeah, version yeah, of the it's, heroes? It's, yeah, it's all of the Golden Age versions of the heroes, but set in a modern era and on a, an Earth other than like, you know, like our Earth or Earth One. And and on the Earth that they're on, uh, Darkseid invades the planet and kills Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. <laughs> so there's no heroes left on the planet. And so then these other people have to get powers from mystical forces to fill the void that the superheroes left behind uh so far the books it's good i mean it's building up with a lot of stories like each book kind of is is like the and now here's this character like here's the new origin of the flash and here's the new origin of hawk girl and here's the new origin of the new green lantern who's gay <laughs> yeah they they made him gay for yeah the new thing. yeah i remember that Did i think i was yeah. i was listening to i saw comics and mike zabsik from comic book man recommended that one too yeah, it's it's done well because while it is clear in the comic that he's gay, it's not really like in your face, you know. Green Lantern here. <laughs> yeah, What's up, he's, everybody. He's not. Yeah, he's there's my none of green that ring on. doesn't match my yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to see where it's it's going. It's it's been on little bit of a hiatus it seems like they came out with three issues and then they haven't like i've been looking for the fourth and it hasn't dropped yet but uh it's a good read for anyone who wants something a little bit different didn't they do uh infinite crisis to fold all these extra universes in so they didn't have to deal with them anymore and now they're just even introducing even in the infinite crisis there were still two earths left okay so they're not doing any other you don't think they're gonna oh i i imagine that the multiverse is still around that, okay. That's why it's called the 52, is because there's 52 different worlds. 
I know, but I thought they eradicated them with Infinite Crisis, so they just had, like, the two. Oh, they did, and then they brought them back in the... <laughs> I just remember reading somewhere, they were like, yeah, we're tired of, like, it, it, having all these... Having the multiverse makes it too confusing for people to get into comics and uh, follow characters, so we're going to simplify it. And now they're just like, now we don't have anything else to write about, so let's expand it again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's always going to be a plot point. People are always going to surmise that there's alternate Earths out there. You can't just take that away from people and say no <laughs> i mean even marvel has that with the ultimates yep isn't you should read spider-man right now it's awesome i forgot to put it on there but isn't marvel doing their own uh like they're rebooting all their series too uh some of them they're called marvel now they're yeah. doing the avengers because uh, avengers versus x-men is supposed to change up the status quo of avengers and x-men i know i'm really sick of superheroes fighting superheroes i really want to get back to villains um even though there was a great moment uh, where Spider-Man is training the new Phoenix Force that's supposed to inhabit this girl named Hope. Um, and Spider-Man says, yeah, when you're an Avenger, you're called on on specific moments. And you don't know when that moment's going to happen, but you have to be ready. And uh, Spider-Man took on Colossus and got his ass kicked. But he delayed him long enough that all the other heroes showed up. So it was pretty cool. I've actually, like, um, I haven't been following Batman too closely, uh, but I was looking at two covers yesterday, and uh, it, they've actually been able to create interesting new villains like the court of owls oh yeah talon that's the guy yeah the um, talons yeah awesome. the, the court of owls and the knight of owls the the continuation of it is really great and i won't give away any spoilers but at the the end of the the knight of owls is a great introduction to a fan favorite character that deals with the multiverse so Ooh, is that issue 12 i don't i don't oh. know the I, do I read comics digitally, so I, I don't oh. really like, keep up with... Uh, <laughs> I, I do know that the Joker's coming back, and there's an amazing cover for... Uh, that uh, For not the first one that he comes back, but the second one where he's sewing his face back on, because I guess he got his face cut off. Yeah. Ooh. So, <laughs> I mean, the cover is awesome. And I think it was on Detective Comics or something, but um, or another offshoot of Batman, but there's a character called Terminus that looked inter- interesting, but... I just, I'm just impressed that DC because I, I you're right there aren't a lot of like new villainous characters like they just keep they did that on purpose I read an interview with uh, who's the writer of Batman right now Scott Snyder Scott Snyder and he they purposely took all of his old villains off uh, out for over a year and you couldn't use them and so now that they they waited a year before they brought the Joker back so it's kind of interesting nice I don't read Batman's or DC oh, oh I'm reading before Watchmen Minutemen which is good but yeah uh, that's it. Because I like Darwin Cook. So cool. Thanks for the yeah, recommendation, thanks. Jesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so now we're going to go into a Comic-Con interview we did with Kara, the AZ Power Girl. And it's a fun interview. She makes fun of me because my wife is hot. And I'm not. Roll the interview. Hi, I am Ryan from Real Nerds. This is James from Real Nerds. And you are? I am Kara Nicole, also known as AZ Power Girl. Hi, AZ Power Girl. You are dressed up as the DC character Power Girl. I am. And you do lots of conventions. Do you go around to <laughs> conventions and I tell do. us what you do? I go to conventions. I report on conventions. I report on some cosplay, some uh, famous people, artists, books, everything. I have my own show called Nerds at the Round Table where I review independent comic books. Awesome. Uh, I I do some reporting for WGTR Radio and report on the Comic-Cons, and I also am a booth babe. Awesome. We, we love booth babes. Who doesn't, Good. right? Well, Sunday I'll be here at uh, Table 63 with Project Shadows as his character Dark Sith. Oh, cool. His book. 
Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to tell our loyal listeners of Real Nerds? Where can we find you online? Can we follow you on Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm really bad at Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'm not too bad at Facebook, especially when there's a con. It's like you don't hear from me for a while, then suddenly there's a lot of pictures and what's going on. Um, I'm on Facebook at Facebook uh, slash AKA Power Girl. That's my Karen Nicole page where you can be my friend. But it's getting pretty full. You can also like my fan page at Facebook slash AZ Power Girl. How did you get into comics? How did I get into comics? Actually, I've been in comics for many, many years. Um, an old friend of mine from high school who's here with me uh, introduced me to comics <laughs> back in the Thanks, day. And about a year and a half ago, I started uh, cosplaying as Power Girl for the Justice League of Arizona. Awesome. For their charity group. We did Comic-Con in Phoenix. And suddenly, I was geek prom queen. Uh, and chosen by Adam Baldwin. Very who nice. Is awesome. Wow. I love Adam Baldwin on Angel. He, you know, he was okay, but you know, everyone <laughs> likes Firefly, of course. Of what course. About Chuck? Yeah, yeah. What about Chuck? Yeah, of Chuck course. Got to dig Chuck. Um, is he here this weekend? I don't I, think so. I, I, I don't know. He's not, he's I don't, not listed. No. He's, he's not, not on listed. the list. Okay. Well, I saw him last weekend at Ace at Albuquerque Comic oh, Expo. Cool. Oh, cool. Great guy. I also saw Kevin Sorbo. Oh wow! Does his own charity work. We had a little chat about that. I interviewed him. Yeah, I just I read an interesting article about. I mean, he wrote a book about his uh, uh, his life and mm-hmm. going through uh, his charity and stuff. I just yes. I just read that. It's actually his charity is about fitness for kids. Awesome. So that's oh, fantastic. Sorry, I grew up fat. So <laughs> so what? Okay, you, you grew up fat. I got a great story for you. So I'm at Phoenix Comic Con and I'm doing a panel with Ethan Van Skyver. Love him. Okay, love him. He's so hilarious. First of all, let me tell you, his table, he's an artist. He's got his manifesto from 2008. He's <laughs> got a few pages from some comic books that he's, you know, been drawing. And he's doing sketches. He has no page saying this is what I charge, whatever. No, it's written on the table in black Sharpie. $20 <laughs> sketches. $20 book. Everything's $20, I think, because that's probably the denomination he's most comfortable with. Yeah. Anyway, so we're doing a panel, and he starts going on this whole tangent about slim good body. <laughs> and actually, I, I have all this on, on film on Nerds Throne Table on YouTube. And going off about slim good body on PBS is on between Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and he's this skinny white guy with a great big afro with organs all over his all over his white unitard. It's like, <laughs> I hate Slim Goodbody. He goes to schools telling kids to eat healthy and showing them his rectum. When I show people <laughs> my rectum, then I get sexually harassed, you know, sexual harassment charges pressed <laughs> against me. So what I did is I created a green bodysuit with rotting organs all <laughs> over it. And I call myself Chunk Bad Body. <laughs> and every time Slim Goodbody's at a school, I show up and I kick his... You can cuss. Right. I can cuss. Right. I kick it's his the ass. Internet. It's the internet. So he kicks his ass. <laughs> and I'm thinking, he is full of crap, right? It sounds like a total joke. And then I saw the pictures. And, nope. the, and really then I it. spoke to his wife. Wow. And she says, I hate that costume. He tries <laughs> to wear that thing to bed. That is awesome. It was so <laughs> awesome. Now, this is, a, this is a panel on convention stories. We're telling uh, our stories about yeah. different conventions. We both travel to conventions all over the place all the time. And this is what he tell, starts yakking on about. It was so hilarious. That's awesome. That just made my day. Yeah, that was a great Be- story. Being Man. fat made my day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Chunk bad body. Chunk bad body. Well, 
from I, Ethan I don't know if, I, if he's going around kicking people's asses, I don't know if I can use him as a... No, no. <laughs> only kicking slim good bodies. Only slim good body. Only slim good body. And slim good body needs a good ass kicking every once in a while. I mean, let's face it. That's Pick an organ and kick it. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so this is what I do. I travel all over. I go to conventions. I've worked for Marvel Comics at awesome. San Diego Comic-Con last year. Really? Cool. I will be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. I will be with a book called Terminal Alice. Awesome. And I'll be three characters from their book. Very cool. Wow. And I'll try to bust out the Power Girl for all you AZ Power Girl fans Awesome. Is that is the Power Girl your favorite comic character? Is that... You know, I... Or just because say I resemble her. You know, you do. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you dress like her because you resemble her or you really like her a lot. I really like her a lot, but I'm really a big fan of the Power Girl when she was going through her, you know, I'm addicted to diet soda and it makes her aggressive. Like, that's my face. <laughs> in a crappy apartment with, like, no yeah. furniture and no job. You know, not the whole, look, I run my own computer company. Look how smart I am. <laughs> yeah. I just shot myself in the head with his gun. Shows how smart you were in the first place to do that. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm, I really dig the whole Nutra-sweet, addicted, nice. aggressive, no job, crappy apartment living power girl. It was an interesting take on a, on a, on it a Kryptonian. Was. It gave sure. her personality. It yeah, did. Absolutely. It really did, and I really dig in that. Now, isn't Amanda Connor supposed to be here? She is. I yeah. believe so, yes. I believe so, yes. I would love, love, love to meet Amanda Connor. Ooh, I should go see if Mike Grell can introduce me. He's awesome. Have you, have you talked you to Mike Grell? No. He's here. He's we fantabulous. Will. We will. We're trying to. We're trying to talk to everybody. <laughs> that's our goal. That's Good. our goal. Well, you know what? Somebody needs to get out from the table and go out there because that's where they are. Totally. We have. So, is the next thing you're doing Comic Con San Diego? Yes. The next cool. thing I'm doing. Well, Comic Con in San Diego next weekend. I have my own movie that is being released in Phoenix. Oh wow! That will be available. Donate to download uh, July 27th, I believe. But it'll be at the Film Bar in Phoenix, Arizona, next weekend and the following two weekends, Friday nights. Very cool. Awesome. So it's called The Detective's Lover. You can find it online, and I am the female lead. Awesome. Well, it was very nice meeting you, AZ Power Girl. You too. You guys on Facebook? We are oh, on absolutely. Facebook. We're the Real Nerds Podcast the Real Nerds on Facebook. Podcast. All right. Well, I'll have to. You should. I'll, I'll friend you. You should, and that would be really nice of you because I'm sure you're way more popular than we are. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't. A couple of fat dudes at a table. Yeah. Or he walks around. So when are you guys yeah. going to get to Phoenix? Um. Uh, when we get money. <laughs> well, the last time I was in Phoenix, I got stuck on a road to the dump in a car that shook. Okay. So it's probably going to take a lot, but, you know, it might happen. You know, that's, what, hap- that's what happened to me in Albuquerque last weekend. <laughs> really? It did. I actually, two cars broke down on the way to my ride, and then the car broke down on the way home, about 15 miles outside of Flagstaff. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, that whole southwest corner. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just yeah. insane. It just ends. Roads end. I don't know how people live there. We don't. Says the guy who lives <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> yeah, don't. We don't. So Denver is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I actually grew up here, and it. this is not the Denver I grew up no, in. No, we were, no, we're no. just talking about how crazy it is that there's a huge con here, because usually it's Starfest. Yes. Yeah. And, and now we have... And, and now we, we have, have something serious. Serious. Yeah. yeah. You got Comic-Con. Uh, I actually saw they had a table in uh, Seattle at Emerald City Comic Con. Did they really? Yes. Denver Comic Con did and went over and said hi. And I was like, hey, you know, I definitely got to make sure I come out to this one. Awesome. Well, welcome home. What's uh, what's Terminal Alice about? Terminal Alice. I don't know yet. Oh, okay. You just know know what the costume is. They hired me and I'm going, uh, 
okay, I need to like, you need to send me the book, please. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's actually pretty new, and it's being published through Zenoscope. Oh, okay. And it was funny because he hit me up. We actually talked back in September about another book he's doing called Whore. He's like, hey, would you like my book? I mean, back when it was like nothing. I'm like, <laughs> sure, I'll like your book. And he liked my fan page, and, you know, we started there. And then he hits me up, and he's like, you're friends with Raven Gregory from Zenoscope. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, we want you for this, and, you know, we think you look like this character. And I'm like, well, you know, check my credentials. And, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I know who you are. And but, <laughs> you know, but you're friends with Raven. It's like, Raven is friends with a lot of interesting people. <laughs> he's a very good friend of mine, You know, actually, I met him at... Uh the comic auction in Mile High Comics a couple weeks ago. He was there. He was there with Roger Stern, and he was really funny. That was that was two weeks ago. Yeah, and he was telling no, stories. No, that wasn't. That was... Or a month ago. That was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. But he was telling really funny stories about how he makes really scary stories so his kids stop doing bad things. It was his amazing. His kids are hilarious. I know all of his children. Awesome. I've been to his house numerous times. He lives right by me, actually. Awesome. We frequent the same places, and, you know... Awesome. Talk in the middle of the night, and I'll barge into his house, and you know, actually, uh, Ebass is a very good friend of his, also. Oh and, wow! Uh, you know Eric Basaldo? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah, we're all we're it's, all it's, like it's in the like same. a tight knit group. It is. It is. I actually saw Nei last weekend at Albuquerque. Wow. Oh yeah, we're all. You're all friends. We need friends, friends like that. We need friends <laughs> like that. Well, a lot I just of them need are any here. Yeah. A lot you know, of them are here. Get out from behind the table. Go say hi. Well, I make oh, my know. I make my wife do it because she's way more attractive That's than your I wife. am. It is. She is. She is way more attractive than you are. She is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Lucky. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most honest moment oh, I've yeah. ever had in my we life. That was awesome. No, I am not insulted. That is so true. I am not insulted. That was amazing. I was actually looking at her haircut going, man, I should totally cut my hair like that. <laughs> I always told her to grow her hair long. Wear a wig. <laughs> ah, around the house. Yes. Just work. don't pull it because then it's like, ah. Uh, yes, and then it's creepy. And then it's creepy. <laughs> and then her hair's all messed up anyway. And now you've got a creepy thing hanging from your hand and her hair's all screwed up. And, you know, and the, there goes that moment. Absolutely. Unless Thank it's the moment you're going for. You, you never know. It could be. I could be caught in a moment where I need to do that. You never know. Thank you so much for taking time to sit down with us. I'm sure you're really popular here. It's not bad. Because, you know, our, I noticed our table was a lot more uh, yeah, deep like with you here. Yeah, uh, um, so thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we will like you on Facebook. And I would like you on Facebook. Thank you, AZ like Power BFFs, Girl. BFFs, right, forever? Totally. Totally. Did you want to pimp yourself out one more time before you leave here? One more time. I am AZ Power Girl. Find me on Facebook at AZ Power Girl. Or Karen Nicole. Uh, I'm also working on my website, azpowergirl.com and azpowergirl.net. Google Easy Power Girl. I'm like the first six pages, okay? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so much you. for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Easy Power Girl, for sitting you? down with us. She was attractive. How and she looked like Power Girl. That's right. Uh, how do you feel about her comment? <laughs> oh, it's all right. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I already know. <laughs> my wife still comes home to me. That's all that matters, guys. That's all that matters. Awesome. So here we go. Stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I watched a lot this week. I Sometimes I get in these modes where uh, work is driving me nuts, and I just go home and watch, like, three movies straight. Um, uh, I did a teaser for the Robert Downey Jr. thing, and it's been my mission to watch everything Robert Downey Jr. is in. And um, so this week I watched three episodes of Ally McBeal, 
And, oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and the bummer is he's only in them for like ten minutes each episode, so I have to put up with these smart alec girls and their lawyer friends. You should just watch the parts like he was in, and then well, I, skip to the next thing. I, I can't because it's on Amazon Prime, and like the uh. fast forwarding's kind of hard. <laughs> um, and I mean the show, I don't know. Like I, it, he doesn't come in until season four. It took me like 20 minutes researching to find out exactly his first episode into it. Um, because even if you go to his IMDb, IMDb page, it just says list the episodes and they don't list them in order. So I'm like, fuck. And uh, so I found out season four, episode one, is the first appearance of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he pretends he's a psychiatrist that she needs to talk to, but he's actually another lawyer. Mm. And he's in there for like 10 minutes and then he's not back. So I'll never watch another episode of Ali <laughs> McBeal. I couldn't even handle it. It's like. Is Calissa Flockhart still with Harrison Ford? I don't know. He could do so much better. <laughs> she's like a skeleton. I know. She's weird looking. Yeah. And I couldn't get past it. And I couldn't... I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. won't fall for a girl like that. <laughs> you know who's weird looking? It's what? Kristen Bell with her weird eyes. Oh, Kristen Bell does not have <laughs> weird eyes. Fucking bad. I'm going to keep bringing it up. I know you guys you made such a big deal about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to recommend Ally McBeal even for... Um, Robert Downey Jr. Maybe there's an Ally McBill fan out there that says, hey, fuck you, Ryan. Ally McBill is great. Yeah, right in. Tell Ryan to fuck you. <laughs> yeah, tell me to fuck off. Um, another movie I was hesitant to watch, but I rented it because my little niece um, hung out with me. It's called Whip It. That stars <laughs> Ellen Page. Um, and surprisingly, the movie is way better than I thought it would be. In fact, I really enjoyed it. It's Drew Barrymore's uh, directorial debut. And it stars Ellen Page as this uh, girl who is kind of... Um, at odds with her mother. Her mother wants her to be part of a thing called a blue bonnet pageant, and she doesn't want to. She wears pu- uh, punk rock outfits, and and she finds her true calling in a roller derby. And her uh, her character name is Babe Ruthless, and it's kind of cool seeing little Ellen Page being in a badass uh, whippet. And Kristen Wiig's in it. Um, it's really good. Like I was surprised how much I enjoyed the movie. It's funny, um, and it was it didn't follow like stupid things that girls do. You know, girls. And, uh, <laughs> well, so, derby girls are yeah, they're have an edge. Kind of a different breed. I don't know. It's just cute seeing Ellen Page trying to rollerblade. Rollerblade? Uh, roller skate. <laughs> I guess it's roller skating. Whatever. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out Whip It. I recommend it. It's funny. If James was here, I could talk about it more because he saw it as well. Whip It Good. Um, I also saw a movie that I've been meaning to watch since last year. It's The Eyes of March with George Clooney and Ryan Gosling. George Clooney plays a presidential candidate who um, tries to do things the right way. He doesn't make um, behind-the-scenes deals. He's, you know, he tells people how he feels. And Ryan Gosling is uh, his campaign manager. Um, just below the campaign runner, I don't even know how it, that, how it works in a campaign, but he's in charge of one of the offices. And uh, he, Ryan Gosling starts dating an intern um, at his office and starts hanging out with her. And then they're in bed one day, and he gets a phone call, and it's George Clooney's character on the other line. Um, and so he has, so basically, his whole world starts to unravel because this guy who he believed in isn't anything like the real person. And it's uh, it's really it's really well done. And I'm really becoming a fan of George Clooney as a director and as a writer um, because I really liked uh, Good Luck and Good Night or Good Night and Good Luck. I always mix those two up. And then Eyes of March is really good. So George Clooney isn't who he's. Yeah, George Clooney is like a candidate. He portrays himself as, you know, the one guy who's not going to make behind-the-scenes deals and 
um, he's a righteous guy, but as the movie progresses, you find out that he's really not at all. He kind of... And Gosling just gets... The call is a, a tip-off from some stranger. Uh, no, the call is from... George Clooney's character calls the intern, and he accidentally answers her phone, and it's George Clooney on the other line. George Clooney is on the other line of with the intern. So then he's... Uh, so he asks the intern, he says, why is the presidential candidate calling you at 2 o'clock in the morning? Mm. And then it turns out that they slept together. <laughs> and he has a great line that he says, you can um, lie, you can cheat, but the one thing America doesn't forgive is when you sleep with an intern. And it's kind of funny because it's true. <laughs> and uh, So, yeah, uh, there, it's a great movie. You should definitely check it out. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Paul Giamatti. Really great cast. No one saw Hudson Mayer either, huh? I didn't see it, no. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> and we all know what the Ides of March is, right? It's where Julius Caesar was killed. That's why uh, it's a political yeah. thing. Nobody? No? <laughs> all right. Um, I also saw Jaws on Blu-ray, which, oh my gosh, looks so good. It looks like it was shot yesterday. Um, they cleaned that movie up so well. Um, there's a part where uh, where Chief Brody gets the phone call at his house at early in the morning uh, when the fir- they find the first shark attack victim, uh, victim, and it's so clear, and it's it's like I could reach out and touch Roy Scheider. It's that, it's that brilliant. And of course, the movie is fantastic. Um, I don't think there really needs to be anything said about Jaws that people don't already know. Um, just know that on Blu-ray is definitely worth the purchase, um, because it also has an, a new two-hour documentary on it. That's awesome. Um, it ports over all the actually it's on the 30th anniversary DVD, which are really good. Um, yeah, and you can see the boobs of the chick at the beginning when she gets attacked by the shark because it's so clear. It's Boob great. shot. <laughs> it's great. Um, you think that actress is like, you know, Spielberg told her, oh, yeah, there's not going to be any nudity in this movie. Like, it, the resolution's so poor, you're not going to see anything. <laughs> and now, like, 30 nuts. years later, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, it is kind of interesting because, you know, the part where she's running down the beach and stripping, like, I remember uh, watching it, and it's all, like, dark, and you can't see it. And this, nope, there's ass and tit and... <laughs> They said it's like six times the resolution of the DVD. So, I mean, it's beautiful. And the water, oh, man, there's shots that they're on the sea in the Orca that look so stunning. So if you need another reason to see Jaws, you should definitely get it. It's too bad James is in here because I know he'd just be gushing over (laughs) it right now. But Uh, Yeah, and you forget, I mean, I've seen the movie so many times, but you forget sometimes the beats of the movie. And um, I love the, the mayor when he says... Uh, when he's trying to stop Brody from shutting down the beaches, and he says, you know, you say a barracuda, people around and go, huh, what, what? But if you say shark, then you have a panic on the 4th of July. And I, just, I love that part because they're putting their self-interest above the safety of people. And I, I still think it's shocking when that little boy gets eaten by the shark like because that blood just spews up and you see the shark like spin over with the little boy going. I mean, it's graphic. Uh, does the, uh, like obviously the shark was our animatronic. Mm-hmm. Does, does that stand out at all? Uh, no. No? Like, you know, I I did do that, you know, when it's going under by the bow. I kept on looking to see if I could see, like, the crane or something. I didn't see it at all. nuts and bolts or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still still amazing. Hmm. I I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, you should definitely get it then. It's definitely worth it. And the last thing I'll talk about is I saw the campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis, and it was pretty funny. Um, Anytime you get Will Ferrell playing a stupid politician is usually comedic gold. And... uh, there's so many uh, – I have to watch it again. I mean, I laughed at it, but as after I left the theater, I'm like, oh, it was okay. But as I was sitting and thinking about it, I started thinking how funny the movie was and how little funny bit parts there were in it. Um, 
like there's a part where Zach Alphanakis realizes that he can't he has to play dirty politics because uh, <laughs> Cam Brady, Will Ferrell's character does. And he sets up this hidden camera and he's talking to uh, Will Ferrell's son. And he says, it's okay. You can call me your father. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's like, thanks dad. And then uh, the hidden camera comes out and Zach Galifianakis looks at him and says, and this is unfortunately approved by <laughs> me. And then uh, the next ante up is Will Ferrell sleeps with, uh, Higgins, I forget his first name. Marty. Mitch, Marty Higgins, his wife, and he films it. <laughs> he runs the commercial, and that's in the, the ad where he's like, "This commercial is seductively approved by Cam <laughs> Brady because he just fucks his wife." <laughs> and he punches that baby. Oh man! Like you, you see it in the preview, but like in the movie, he punches the baby, and it, like it's in slow motion <laughs> punching the baby, and it sp- it spits out its pacifier, oh. and spit comes out of it. <laughs> and, it's, uh, it's like was that that ghost cam, like the slow motion cam they use for yeah exactly stuff? yeah exactly is awesome. <laughs> and then they're at this town hall meeting, and he goes to punch Marty Higgins again, and he ducks, and he punches Uggy from the artist, <laughs> <laughs> and, <it's>, <laughs> and it goes first he's a baby puncher, now he's a dog puncher. It's, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't uh, know uh, John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd are in it too. Oh. They play evil corporation guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's nice. pretty funny. Yeah, I should check it out. Uh, that's what I saw this week. Uh, I'm gonna defer to our guest. What, do, what have you been watching, Jesse? Um, I saw Casa de Mi Padre oh, yeah? this week. It was uh, another Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> it was good, but what made it good was that it you know it's it's like a true like telenovela. Yeah, like a really bad just like Spanish soap opera. The entire movie is in Espanol yep. with subtitles. And uh, yeah, it's it's not the typical comedy you're used to with Will Ferrell because he's he's acting very seriously in the movie. Yeah. What makes the movie funny is how bad everything is. With oh, it. yeah. Like all of the shots and the cuts and the bad special effects and everyone's overacting. So that was good. And other than that, I've just been watching a lot of TV uh stuff on netflix since you know we're kind of in a lull i'm watching voltron force sadly <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the that casa dimi padre is some of my favorite moments in the movie was the the blocking of scenes where you'd have someone like walk forward and then they wouldn't know where to go and they'd kind of walk off the set or they'd be looking in the opposite direction of the person they were talking to to me that was just super funny yeah i liked it all right it's just it, it, the whole movie is just like one big joke yeah like, the whole movie is the joke is that it's in Spanish and yes. they're acting terribly like other than that. There's like no real gags within the movie. Yeah. Just... The joke is the movie itself. Yeah. There's nothing funny about what's going on. Yeah. It's yeah. Except for what was it? Um, yeah. The sand. <laughs> yeah. The sand. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and um, rubbing each other's butts continuously. <laughs> um, Man, Will Ferrell is a goofy fucking guy. Yeah. So, so, that's, that's it for TV. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> um, Brad. Well, um, I need the list because I... I have it right here. I, I, I tweet went myself, to hand so it to I, you. Oh. Uh, so I finally got to do my Batman Begins Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises marathon. Nice. Um, and Because I haven't seen Batman Begins in years, uh, The Dark Knight, and fewer years than that. Um, and then I ran out and saw The Dark Knight Rises. Uh a little while after the double feature, but uh, yeah, as, as a whole trilogy, the uh, gosh, I, this is like early in the week, so all I can say is it's great. 
I can't remember the specifics. Does it work really well as watching them back to back to back? Yeah, it, it's... Like you don't find any continuity problems with it because they do it? Other than like you know, Gotham City looks different each time around. Mm-hmm. Like there's a different style for each one. Like I like the Narrows style where it's dark and gritty, but then and they actually th- most of that movie is on a soundstage. Like most most of Gotham City in that movie is a soundstage. And then like they they've got the whole L train thing going on, but in Dark Knight in Dark Knight Rises, um, the L train's gone and the city is too pristine and it looks more like you know Chicago and Pittsburgh. It doesn't feel like Gotham City to me, so that's jarring. But I did notice that uh, in the early panoramas of Gotham City and Dar- the Dark Knight, in CG'd in in the lower parts, there is still the L train hmm. going through the city. And, of course, in Dark Knight Rises, it's not there at all, as far as I could see. Um, yeah, I don't remember. But um, I remember seeing it at all. But uh, and just with Batman Begins, going back and watching the attention to detail uh, that they put into developing Batman, like the explaining every bit of the suit and all this technique and everything and uh, his motivation is just the best like on-screen development of a superhero character yeah i think and then um uh and for as long like they're all almost the same length i think dark knight rises is the only one that's like 15 minutes longer than the others yeah uh so it's just they all fly by it's it's amazing and then the sound design on uh the dark knight it might have been just the DVD mix, but uh, it was way more impressive. Like there was more surround shots coming out of uh, the speakers and stuff. So, uh, I, yeah, I hope that when the Dark Knight Rises uh, comes out, a lot of people have trilogy parties for that. <laughs> it's the new trilogy for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's a Ninja Turtles trilogy, but <laughs> come on, the, the third one leaves. <laughs> Actually, it's four now because that CGI one. But yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was just awesome to lump all those together in a short amount of time. Um, and then I saw Rango, <laughs> like as soon as I yeah. woke up, I just threw that on cause I, I've been wanting to see it for the animation. The a- animation's fantastic. The story is like kind of, I agree. And it throws in like a bunch of references to Johnny Depp movies like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which whatever. Which is a terrible movie. I don't know why people like that movie. I've never, I've seen part of it and I was just like, I can't get into this. Um, but yeah, there's nods to that. And like the parts where Rango's kind of run, run around hallucinating are kind of like, I can tune out. Um, but like I said, the animation alone is fantastic, and um, um, I get the. It, it's cool how they, because he's a chameleon, so his whole character, while they don't like blatantly say it, like his thing is he wants to be a movie, like he's obsessed with like acting and stuff. So as a chameleon, he's uh, like inadvertently jumps into different roles of things, like trying to be someone else when. He just needs to be himself That's and stop right. trying to pretend to be other people, and which gets him into trouble. So, um, and then uh, I started watching Dexter. Um, <laughs> How's that? I, That's I, keep, a, I keep on meaning to watch it, but it's all right. I, it hasn't. It doesn't have that Jack Bauer moment for me yet, where mm-hmm. like, or the or like in Breaking Bad, it doesn't have like a Walter White moment where it just sucks me into the show. Um, but I do enjoy like. There's a lot of him. Uh, it's got that narrative, like the Peter Parker narrative, except. <laughs> Much more like <laughs> wow. Peter Parker, but serial, serial killer, killer. And Peter Parker. Those two don't really go hand. Well, in just hand. like I, I was, I was thinking about the new Spider-Man movie where you know he's a serial does, killer in that. Did I miss a scene? No, the new Spider-Man movie. He doesn't have that inner monologue throughout the movie yeah. that Sam Raimi did. You know, it's just straightforward. You know, third-person perspective throughout the whole movie, which you were saying is the essence, part of the essence of the Peter Parker comics is that you. And what makes it fun is you get to hear, you know, what Peter Parker's oh, thinking yeah. all the time and making jokes in his head and stuff. And 
I was kind of thinking like maybe that's what I was missing from the new movie too because mm. you know I didn't enjoy as, as much as the Raimi ones so um, but anyway back to Dexter like he's got that monologue of like he has to put on this face because um, he lacks emotions and caring you know he's um, what is it sociopath yep um, so you know he's putting on his happy face for everyone else but inside like you know he's he, he is a little remorseful that he can't you know he wants to be a regular guy um, but he's just got this thing that he can't control about, you know, wanting to kill bad people. So, um, that's cool. I like listening to like him go through the process and there's like these flashbacks to him with his father or his adopted father, adoptive father, who's trying to like help him through those issues. And he's keeping a secret from the family and everything, uh, for him. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm interested to keep going and see what happens. And then, uh, the last thing I saw was Ruby Sparks. Nice. Which, um, it's kind of hard to talk about. It's kind of lo- it feels kind of long, and um, the actress in it also wrote it. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to say this, but I just I couldn't help but the whole time watching it feel like she watched Five Hundred Days of Summer and really liked <laughs> how fun and quirky Zoe Deschanel is. And she's like, I want to be an actress, and I want to be like that on screen. So she wrote something in the same vein of that, where this guy. Um, kind of like uh, one of the Royal Tenenbaums. He, like, he wrote this book at a really young age, and it was like amazing. Everyone loved it, but he can't get the sophomore book written. Um, he has like no creative well to draw from, and uh, he's been like distancing himself from dating and stuff. And so it's never explained, but he just thinks up this girl uh, that he wishes he could have, and she magically appears. And, uh, you know, she's really – her performance is really good. Um and it's fun and quirky, but like, there's just so much going through, like, like the trouble with relationships and dealing with, like, having, like, your idea of what you want and it not working out that way. Like, he gets, you basically find out like how controlling he is, like how too, too much he wants her to be this certain way, and like life just doesn't work like that. You gotta let her have her own space and be her own person, and so like if he doesn't like what she's doing he can jump on the typewriter and fix it Hmm. and then so if he finishes the book does she just go away um in a way to do big spoilers (laughs) i mean we spoil things but i mean it's probably better if i don't say it (laughs) because okay but um then yeah the actual end of it um she is around but i don't i'm not entirely satisfied with uh like she should just been gone (laughs) gotcha so anyway it's um the moral of the story is that you like people have to have that kind of spice about them. You can't have someone that you control completely. Is that? I guess, I guess so. Like trying to find like what it was trying to like trying to find the actual message in it was hard for me. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was parts where like I saw things that I've been through that I was like, I don't want to relive that on screen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's always hard when you see movies and you're like, this is hitting just a little too close. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So would you say you should go see it or not or wait to, to be rented? Or I should use one of my free movie tickets to see it. <laughs> Either or. I mean, it's it's like in the indie circuit. So, I mean, I, I'm always for people going out to check that stuff out. And um, But I feel like it, it might feels a little derivative after watching 500 Days of Summer. I mean, it's not the exact same story, but it just, having already watched that, it just seems similar. So, gotcha. like in the similar vein, but not as, not as fun, I'd say. That's a bummer. Yeah. And like the main character, the writer, gets to be really unlikable towards the end like you're just like you're a little shit like and you long for the days when paul dano didn't say anything <laughs> <in movies. laughs> 
little I'll drink his milkshake. Yeah. Hand shout out there, anybody? <laughs> so yeah. Cool. So uh Jess, are you gonna stick around for our reviews of Paranorman and Expendables too? Oh, unfortunately, I think I am going to sign off at this point since I, I do want to see The Expendables too, and I don't want anything ruined for it. But uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. It was Anytime. really great being with the real nerds. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Anytime. And remember, you can te- check out Jesse's awesome blog at plasticexplosion.tumblr.com. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Yeah. Um, this week, I saw two movies that came out this week. Um, you did not. So yeah, we'll sorry. start this with... Uh, Paranorman. Hey, Ryan, should people go see Paranorman? Absolutely. The movie was awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Here's the trailer for Paranorman. Meet Norman. Can't you be like other kids your age? His parents don't get him. He's probably up there fiddling with his Ouija or his orb. Harry. His sister doesn't like him. <laughs> you are such a loser. And the kids at school. Look, it's abnormal. Always pick on him. <laughs> but he does have some friends. Norman, wait up. I like to be alone. So do I. Let's do it together. It's just that most of them Good morning. aren't exactly alive. How's it hanging? <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. Do you see ghosts like all the time? <laughs> Who's a good boy? Uh, that's not his chin. Couldn't you use another stall? Time is running out. From the makers of Coraline. The witch's ghost is going to wake up tonight. And when she does, she'll raise the dead. You've got to use your gift of talking to the dead to stop it. This is crazy. Do I look crazy to you? Uh... Might want to give that a few minutes. Now, to save his town, he'll need a little help. Oh, yeah. I got you. Oh, this is getting completely out of hand. Is he dead or what? And a whole lot of guts. Is everyone all right? Nobody got bitten? I bit. I hung. Did that count? This summer, you don't become a hero. Norman! Norman? This is so normal. By being normal. There's nothing wrong with being scared, Norman. As long as you don't let it change who you are. Paranorman. The first thing that really struck me about this movie was I forgot it was stop motion all the time. I mean, it still has sometimes like the eye blinking and stuff. You can tell that it's not fluidly animated, but like the characters actions and um, the way they moved was really cool. And the movie was beautiful. Uh, I guess I should preface this by saying what the movie is about. The movie's about <laughs> yeah, what is the story, right? <laughs> this little boy named Norman and he can see dead people. It's not like the sixth sense. He just talks to him. Um, and everybody thinks he's a freak because he, he doesn't hide the fact that he can see it. You know, a lot of times movies like this, even The Sixth Sense, you know, he wouldn't tell people that he could see dead people. But Norman made the mistake of telling everybody that ghosts talk to him. Not not only just ghosts, but maybe a dead dog he sees. 
and um, so it makes him an outsider, and he has no friends because he even says in the movie, "I'm better on my own." And it's kind of sad because his own family doesn't get him. His dad's kind of mean to him about it. His mom kind of is, is kind of oblivious to how his family's treating him because he has an older sister that calls him a freak all the time. And it, it's a really interesting. Um, it, it kind of deals with you know being an outsider way better than a Tim Burton ever did, where you're the outsider and you try to fit in, but you don't want to fit in because people judge you for what you see. And obviously, uh, people you know think he's crazy because he can see dead things. Um, and it's a really it's it's a really poignant movie about it because as it goes on, um, you know, you find out that this town that they live in is basically like a Salem, Massachusetts town where they persecuted witches. And this one witch they killed three hundred years ago um, on the eve of her execution is going to raise the dead. And how to keep the the dead at bay? as you find out is um, Norman has a crazy uncle played by John Goodman. Who's really good in it. And he reads a, a fairy tale to this witch every day, uh, every year. And it makes her go to sleep. So she can't unleash the dead on the earth. Um, and so uh, Norman can't figure out what he needs to do and why he, where he needs to read it. So the dead come back to life. And then when the dead come back to life, um, you know, everybody gets a mob mentality and they want to hurt, hurt the child and um <laughs> really yeah it's it's really interesting and um christopher mintz plassey plays a bully and he picks really <laughs> yeah he, he picks on you know norman for no reason and norman ends up becoming friends with the fat kid at school because the fat kids made fun of too you know and it, it's a really really um great story about being a bully and what that what that does to people because i won't reveal what the witch's end game is because it's a really poignant scene and it's really heartbreaking, but it's basically dealing with being a bully. I mean, not only um, like Christopher Mintz Plassey's character, he's, he's a bully, but he's not like the adults where they're going to kill the zombies um, and kill all these people. Uh, you know, they're not going to let their, t- but it, it, you have to see it. It's really, and they're mean to Norman just because he can see dead people. And it turns out because he can see the dead people and he can talk to them that, uh, He's the only one who ends up, you know, helping everybody out. So it's it's a great story, and the animation is beautiful. Um, I I can't get over it. How some of these shots, that, there's a shot where he's in the bathroom and a ghost comes up through the toilet, and how it's animated is awesome. Because you know, it I, I love 3D animation, but for some reason, when it's stop motion, you you can feel the world around you. Like it has lots of dimension to it. So I I I, see, I think everybody should see this movie. It's really good. Nice. Did you see it in 3D? No. Oh. Um I did not so see it's it in good 3D. even in 2D. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's awesome. And and you know Norman loves zombie movies. And so the beginning is actually really cool. It starts off uh kind of like a Dawn of the Dead style where it has that feature presentation thing and it has that cheesy 70s music. And then the opening like 2 or 3 minutes is as homage to zombie movies. So it's pretty cool. Nice. So yeah, definitely check out Paranorman. I right? will. I meant to. I just screwed up my scheduling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. I you know I, it's one of those movies that I, I wanted to see for a long time, but after I saw it, I was I was blown away. I I mean maybe not everyone will agree with me, but to me, um, it, it just is a great story about being picked on, and it was wasn't it didn't talk down to the audience. I mean, it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's not a movie for kids. <laughs> Because it's pretty dark. It doesn't have giraffes it with doesn't. afros jumping around. It does not have afro circus. Um, and it deals with an issue I think a lot of people ignore in our uh, culture is death and what death means to um, people around you. 
um, where Norman can deal with the death because he talks to the people. And so um, I guess they're never really gone for him. No, <laughs> they're never gone. Um, and it and it is sad because you know, like I said, you know, his dad thinks he's an embarrassment. And oh, there's a sad scene in it. And I, I as I get older, you know, scenes affect me more. <laughs> and uh, I forget what exactly what his dad says. And you know, Norman's really upset about it. And his mom says, uh, you know, oh, you're uh, he doesn't mean it. And Norman says, but it's coming from my dad, so he must mean it. And it's like really sad. You're like, oh man, if your dad, if your dad told you you were a freak and you were out of control, I mean, it'd really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And they dealt with that in this movie, and so he's he's really affected by it. And it's it's really it's a really touching story about being a bully and um, rising above being a bully. So yeah, go check out Paranorman. I will. Everybody, yeah, support it because again, I want to see more of these movies. I wish they didn't treat these movies like kids' movies to where like I can't get to a ten o'clock or an eleven o'clock showing. Yeah, they just I, stop at like nine or something. Yeah, the the we saw me and Laura saw the late one, and I think it was nine thirty. Mm. Um, but yeah, make sure you see it. it it's definitely worth it. Um, I loved it, nice. and it's uh, it might have sneaked into my favorite movies of the year. Stay tuned for that <laughs> in three months. Is that three months away? Yeah, we're almost September, at the end of August. October, November, December. Yeah, four months away. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, stay tuned. Start putting together my list too. I know, right? <laughs> I, I saw. I've seen. Anyways, so we also saw the Expendables two. Brad, should people go see the Expendables two? I, I, it, it. How should I say this? It's you know, it's not gonna revolutionize your revolutionize your movie going experience. But I mean, the seat it's in some like, either in the theater. If you go to the theater, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Um, and if you know, you catch them later on DVD. That works too. Uh, I think so. I think you should see it. I think it's way better than the first one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, because it's more fun. I thought this one was more fun than the first one. I remember being so excited to see the the first one and uh, just being like, oh, this this script is terrible. It's yeah. dumb. And there's no like great one liners. And there's not like the the best the action can do is just like explode body parts. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, so roll the trailer for the Expendables too, and we'll talk about it. is powerful enough to change the balance of the world. Imagine what five tons would do. You're gonna need more men if you expect to get out of here alive. I'm back! You can't let the contents of that safe fall into the wrong hands. What's the plan? Track them, find them, kill them. Get in! 
his car. Show something! You hit it right on the head. I mean, the the first one. I, I don't think the first one's a bad movie, but you didn't get you it's like just bland and yeah, boring. you didn't get stoked, you know, because you, you you're like, oh, cool, I'd love to see Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone kick ass, and you know, all the other guys, Jason uh, Jet Li and stuff. I don't remember a lot of it, but like, they pretty yeah. much just like fire guns and like fly that plane around. And it was about saving a girl and stuff. And yeah, like apparently he's the most special girl ever. And doesn't it, he, doesn't Statham like have a thing with his wife where like she's gonna leave him? Yeah, I don't remember it. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. I only saw it once. I won't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, the, the second one is more of an homage to 80s action movies. Yeah. Where it starts off big and it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. It's a lot of fun. Like, Yeah, no, there's parts in it that I was laughing out loud. And the action is actually really creative. Like, It's not that derivative. Like, no. Some of the, the stunts and shots and some of the scenes setups are, uh, and payoffs are just like inspired. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, right away at the beginning where uh, Jet Li is punching that dude in the face over and over again and, like, blood's just flying yeah. everywhere is awesome. There's a lot of CGI blood in it, which is kind of like, meh. <laughs> but still, just the choreography of yeah. the fight like that or when he's, you know, Jet Li's not really known for using envi- objects in his environments to take down his enemies. Like, it's, he's more just like a quick, mm-hmm. fast uh, uh, martial artist. Um, here he pulls a note out of Jackie Chan's page and, like, Hits all these guys like really in a really cool way with like pots and pans and stuff, and then just like pushes them over. <laughs> yeah. The last guy. Um, and he's he's in it really quick. He does the opening scene, and then yeah. he jumps out of the airplane, <laughs> and we don't see him again. There's a lot of characters in the movie that are like, you know, they're heavily advertised in the marketing, but they they unfortunately only show up for a scene or two. But I get that too. I I you know one of the things I worried about it is because there's so many big stars in it, and said, well, how are you gonna get all these guys in it? And this movie started off with a lot of guys, and it kind of scaled back to Statham and Stallone. Mm-hmm. And then it brought, you know, the Terry Crews and um, Dolph Randy Lundgren. Couture. And... Dolph Lundgren was an amazing comic relief in the movie. <laughs> he was. Because if you know anything about him, like, in real life, he does have, like, a degree from MIT, I think, or yeah, something. He like he's he is a genius. A, yeah, he's a genius. And he gets to play with that in the movie because, like, he can write equations or, like, invent explosives, and even though they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, just out of thin air. And then at the same time, he's psychotic. Yeah. Uh, and we'll go into spoilers because it kind of drives the whole movie is... Liam Hemsworth character is a guy who is in the Expendables, but he really doesn't want to be. He wants to retire to... Uh, it's not the life for him. Yeah, to his girlfriend in France that he met while on tour in Afghanistan because he's an old soldier. And uh, it's a great reveal. I, uh, they, Unfortunately, they, he's expendable. <laughs> yeah, he is. So they they retrieve this uh, map from this downed plane that Bruce Willis's character, Church, who's a CIA guy, wants Stallone to retrieve. And so when they're on their way back... Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up as a bad guy who is um does a great job as a villain like he's not entirely like the cliche 80s villain like mm-hmm. he's actually got this really sinister quirkiness to him yeah and he doesn't spend time you know one of the things that people always make fun of is when villains spend time talking about what they're gonna do he doesn't he just does it and he, when like when he says like his uh like the typical villain lines actually I forgot about this 
was his name like his character's yeah. name like villain yeah it was villain in <laughs> yeah. like french that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. um yeah but like he'll the way he performs his lines like he'll like if there's a cliche line the way he performs it like he turns it oh yeah slightly to the left and it's just like really fun to watch yeah one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when he said uh you know was it like something ounces of plutonium could change the world imagine what 500 pounds could do yeah it's a really cool like that yeah Yeah, something like that i don't remember the exact way he phrased it but it was really cool and then you put like a ps on it like imagine that yeah or something like that because yeah yeah, there was a beat yeah and he did this like little like wait and he turned his head and he says yeah imagine that imagine if just a little bit could you know set off a nuke now imagine hundreds of them how it would change the world yeah it's kind of interesting. Well, anyways, anyway, you were getting to that. Yeah. What I think you're so, about to say. <laughs> so he, uh, so Liam Sensworth character gets captured, and you know uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's villain holds them all hostage, and he says them put their heads down because the only way that this is going to end is if you start showing him respect. And so they do that because they don't want anything ha- bad to happen to Billy the Kid. And so as they're going away, uh, this guy he gives Stallone's knife to his henchman, and he holds it up to Liam Hensworth's chest. Like, you know, don't do anything. If you get away, we'll cut you. But then he does this badass 360. Well, first he says, like, are you afraid of me? Yeah. And of course, Liam Hensworth like, of course not. You yeah. Know? And then. Yeah. Then he does this badass 360 kick and kicks the knife right through his chest. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so the, their mission now, instead of doing it for money, is they go after revenge. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis and Stil- uh, Schwarzenegger show up and they have great banter <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, where Schwarzenegger, they're you know they're hiding from fire, and Schwarzenegger says, "I'll be back," and Bruce Willis says, "You've been back enough." I know because Schwarzenegger <laughs> says that line like three or four times earlier in the movie, yeah. just like just running into the ground, <laughs> and then finally Bruce Willis stands up and comments about yeah. it with his and then, own thing. And then Schwarzenegger says, "Yippee ki yay!" So that's yeah. kind of, that's fun. That's fun, yeah. And um, you know, there's a huge rumor going around about Chuck Norris and his willingness to do violence in movies that they might make this movie PG-13. Um, yeah, that was a, a total bogus rumor <laughs> because. Right, he has like, one of the coolest kills in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he uh yeah, and he even there's a point in the in the last big battle where he's literally walking and just mowing people down. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like ducking and covering. He's just nope. standing there with the gun, like just firing. <laughs> yeah. Point yeah, point blank. Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, much. <laughs> just like totally stoic, not afraid of anything. Yeah, then he kicked the dude on the X-ray machine and shot him a bunch of oh, times. Oh god, I forgot about that. That was awesome. <laughs> and so he went through the metal detector and went <laughs> off because he had so many bullets in him. <laughs> uh, and then there's that great uh, when they're in the town. There's that subplot of like all the miners that mm-hmm. John Claude's like kidnapping. Um, oh yeah. That, uh, which is actually one of the best uh, sequences because like each of the characters does their own like creative kill for all the different mercenaries. And yeah, like there's only one left, and just like all the guy, all the expendables turn on that one guy and just <laughs> and shoot mow him, him down. <laughs> Someone's just like, and there's one more. And they just turn <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that. <laughs> there's one more, and they all shoot him. It's like um, fifty rounds in him. So yeah, if it sounds like we enjoyed this movie, we did. Um, it's not a movie, you know. You're not going to go in. Don't go into it expecting, you know, Academy Award winning performances, and you don't really go in for the plot. You go in for these guys kicking ass, and finally, this movie delivered on these action stars yeah. just kicking ass that's all they do in the movie it blew me away how <laughs> how much better it was than i thought it would be oh yeah because you know i mean they have the the standard oh you know let's uh contemplate our stuff and you know we have to save the, this villager kind of temple of the doom style yeah. um or we don't have time for it but you know yeah but we're, we're gonna still gonna anyways. we're still gonna rescue him yeah um 
but it, it they make up for it because it's the kind of action you like to see in movies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I like seeing um, when they shoot guys' heads off and they just like explode and fly off. And <laughs> I know it's uh, still it. The whole opening sequence is just like right out of the Rambo, the fourth Rambo. Oh yeah, <laughs> where the guys are just exploding from like <laughs> yeah. one gun. It's uh, great. Um, yeah, I guess my only uh... then the scene at the airport. Um, you know, there's only like four trucks of like with two seats of henchmen, yeah. but like in the airport, there's like <laughs> there's 50 henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep coming. Cool. But you know, being a, a fan of those guys, I thought it was actually a really cool moment where all the Jean-Claude Van Damme and all their hunch- henchmen think they get away and they're walking up and then they shoot and all that glass falls and Willis, Stallone, and <laughs> yeah. Schwarzenegger just mowing people down. And there's like, still civilians in <laughs> yeah. the line of fire. <laughs> And Jean-Claude Van Damme, I guess he doesn't get hit. He literally just, like, backs up slowly. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, for some reason, he escapes into, like, a corner, which is basically the boiler room. Like, why would you escape to the boiler room? You can't get out. You know, I was that's like laughing, too, is, I mean, the action is kind of dumb, but, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's still fun. Yeah, because, I mean, even the part where they're in the town... And those all those henchmen are shooting at him. How come none of them got shot? They're literally like <laughs> just running and shooting. And there's fifty henchmen shooting at like four people. Yeah, well, they're terrible shots. I, I guess, guess they're terrible. They're like the stormtroopers in Star Wars. And then uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's fight with uh, Sylvester Stallone was cool because like Sylvester Stallone pulled out the Rocky stuff, where he's yep. just like fist punching, and Jean Claude's yeah. got the classic like. Yeah, kicks. I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a great homage to you know Stallone being the boxer and the brawler, mm-hmm. and Van Damme is the finesse karate guy. And actually, it's cool. Like, it started out like he thought Stallone was going to punch him, but he just goes into total, you know, just flipping him, like, grabbing him, just pushing him into the yeah, ground. Yeah, and like, he did, like, doing Rocky combos on him, you know. He went to the body, into the face, and yeah. then Van Damme did, like, the jump 360 karate kicks, and yeah, it was awesome. Baiting him, and then busting <laughs> yeah, that And we out. totally forgot about the Jason Statham hitting that dude into the helicopter propeller <laughs> yeah. and chopping his head off. I thought he was going to lift him up to the top <laughs> propeller. I thought he was, like, going to kick him up. But, yeah, and they didn't shy away from getting that, like, showing that guy's head just getting <laughs> nope. chopped up. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It was actually really like tense at that moment too. I remember because I was like, you, you know, you you first hear Statham's hat get chopped up. Yep. You're like, oh my god, are they gonna kill Statham? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like they switch it around. Like it doesn't happen right away. Like that guy just keeps getting pushed backward and mm-hmm. backward, and, <laughs> and then, then then his head gets chopped <laughs> off. <laughs> 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 yep. It's great. It doesn't shy away like raiders. <laughs> nope. So it, yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Um, you know, there, there's problems with the movie. The script is. Meh. But you look past it because it's really cool seeing them kick ass, mm-hmm. and I think that's the whole point of these movies. Well, yeah. it should be, should have been the first one too. But yeah, like I don't feel like the first one really harkened back to like the '80s action movie. Like it didn't like celebrate that the fact that you have all these. Like it didn't really bring in into like, it didn't bring all their like the stuff you love about yeah. those actors and what they did for those movies. It didn't really. Do it's almost with like it. they took all the actors and just tried to put them in a generic like in 2000. a modern yeah. Um, action movie, but it worked when they put them all these action stars in like an '80s look back kind of action movie, throwback movie, yeah. exactly. So instead of like trying to update them, they just they just yeah they went back to the old style, <laughs> and they seemed way more comfortable in it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like this is what you know we know how to do this, and uh, we're good at it, and it they, they are. I mean, just do what you know. Like don't try to be something you're not. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, it's tons of fun. It was. I had lots of fun this week at the movies. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of movies, and uh, the two movies I saw were actually the three were really good. So weird for the middle of August to have you know good movies. True. Um. Um. So next week, what is next week? 
24th of August. Shoot. I did not look. <laughs> I totally forget. Um, the Premium Rush and the Apparition. Apparition? Apparition. Uh, well, at least George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in the Premium Rush, I suppose. Yeah, or we could see Hit and Run. It comes out on Wednesday. That does look fun, but... <laughs> you don't want to see know. those weird eyes. <laughs> Take me out of the movie. It <laughs> just pulls you out. Oh, God. Ah. <laughs> Is someone so, open the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we will be seeing Premium Rush with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's in a lot of movies this year. Or we could watch Father's Day. I'm just saying. <laughs> we could. <laughs> just skip it all and watch Father's Day. <laughs> um, you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can like us on Facebook. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us directly at realnerdspodcast.com. Just click on the play button on the episode you want to listen to. You can call us. No calls this week. Missed that. Boo. Yeah, 720-6-NERDS-5. Less, less work for me. Yeah, <laughs> less editing for Brad. So until next week. Also, you can also click on the Sully. Oh, yeah. We also are doing a donation. Um, we're trying to raise money for Sully's family and give that to them. So to help them through this tough time. And you, if you just click on the link on our webpage, it's right to the right of this page. Um, you'll be taken to a PayPal. And you can, uh, if you do a minimum donation of $3 or more, you will get a sweet Nightwing-themed wristband that says Sully 720 on it in Batman font. That's right. So 90s Batman font. Yeah, 90s Batman font. So make sure you hang on for that. Or what? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Look make forward sure, to that. Look forward to Wait, no. Wait. <laughs> how am I going to word this? So donate to his family so we can send you something as a thanks. And it, it's a cool uh, wristband, I promise. And uh, I guess also if you want to help all the other victims out, you can also go to givingfirst.org. And uh, you can also go to uh, Rise Aurora because it also help all the victims out too. So let's make sure you do that and you know, still go to the movies. Let's not let this guy prove that movies are a scary place. Because they're not. Because they're not. They're a place to escape. They're a place to escape and have fun like we did this week. That's right. So until next time, bye. And because James isn't here, I will say bye. <laughs>